Hey, good morning. I want to welcome you. Glad to have you here online with us at FBC O'Fallon. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 8. This is Palm Sunday, and it's a great time for us to be able to worship together. By the way, if you want to get information about how to join a life group or any of the other uh, age groups in our church, they do, they're doing lots of streaming and various things. Just go to our website, fbcofallon.org, and you can find out all the information about all of those things. And, and I'm so glad to have so many of you uh, joining together with us. I want us to look this Palm Sunday, and by the way, Easter is coming, and we are reminded that there is great hope. And I want us to look at uh, what the Lord did for us. The Bible says God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And so let's read Romans chapter 8. Let's read beginning with verse 1. Read along with me. Open a copy of the Bible for yourself. Uh, get something to write with. We're going to note five principles together. And let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. You might note that. God did for us what we could not do. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering, in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the, of the Spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. Well, I love this passage. It's a reminder of the gospel. And the gospel, I remind you, is good news. In fact, the word gospel means good news. And you say, well, it doesn't always sound like good news because we talk about sin and we talk about Jesus' death on the cross and death and sin don't sound like good news. But the gospel is good news. It is pointing us to what God did on our behalf, that He loved us despite the... He tells us the truth. God doesn't withhold the truth from us. He tells us the truth about sin and death and responsibility and condemnation, etc. But the good news is that God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And because of that, we can have new life in Christ. And so I want to note with you uh, this morning five things God did for you through Jesus. Five things God did for you through Jesus. Now I'm going to put this in present tense because what God did, past tense, applies to us present tense. And for that matter, even in the future. And so let's note five things present tense God did for us, does for us, five principles together. If you're, uh, if you're able to take note, just write these five principles down. Number one, He fully forgives you. God fully forgives you. And this is the great truth presented in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I'm going to talk later about what it means to be in Christ Jesus. God wants a relationship with you, not just religion, not just for you to reform, not just to try harder. He wants a relationship with you. And when you do what the Bible tells us we need to do, repent of our sins, turn from our sin and turn, turn to God. 
And when we place our faith, our trust in Jesus who died on the cross for us and rose from the grave and receive Him as Savior, the Bible says we are born again and we are in Christ Jesus. And today, if you're not yet a follower of the Lord Jesus, if you've not yet been born again, to use the words of Jesus, then I'm praying at the end of this message when we pray together, you will give your life to Christ and trust Him and Him alone to save you, and He'll do that. But if you're in Christ Jesus, the Bible says God fully forgives you. The Bible is saying Jesus takes your guilt and your shame. It's not as though we don't have guilt and shame through sin. Sin causes guilt and sin causes shame. But Jesus took that guilt upon Himself on the cross, and Jesus took our shame, and therefore, the Bible says, you now are, you, you have no condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So we move from being condemned to being forgiven, from being under, rightly under the judgment of God to being absolutely, completely forgiven by God as though we had never sinned. We receive the righteousness of God in salvation as though we had never sinned. His holiness, His perfection given to us because Jesus paid the price for us. It's not as though God forgets what we've done. It's that He paid the price for what we've done. My grandchildren saw um, a video uh, recently of my grandkids hiding Easter eggs. Sometimes they'll come to our house. Maybe I don't know what this year will be like, but they'll hide Easter eggs and uh, they go out and hunt them and that's a lot of fun. But sometimes they forget them. And I'll on occasion, you know, we'll have Easter eggs at our house and I'll maybe a days or a week later be mowing my lawn and come across uh, some plastic Easter egg just splatters all over everywhere as I mow across it or heaven forbid chocolate. It's hard for me to get the little chocolate pieces up and eat them myself when they get uh, trashed by the, by the lawnmower. But they just forget sometimes where the Easter eggs are. God doesn't, He hasn't forgotten the nature of sin. It is that He has done something about it. And we can be fully forgiven because of what Jesus did for us on that cross and what He did that Easter morning. And I'm thankful for that. There's a second thing I'd like you to note that, that God did for us, that He does for us through Jesus. Number two, He sets you free. He sets you free. Let's go to verse two. The Bible says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. The Bible is saying here that the law shows our guilt. We've all sinned against God. If, you've just, if you are just aware of the Ten Commandments alone, there are other, God has given us lots of responsibilities and rules, but none of us have kept them perfectly. Just the Ten Commandments. We've all sinned against God in some way or fashion. And the Bible reminds us that the law is given to us as a means by which we see our need for God and by which we see our guilt. It's like, the, it's like those shackles. You, you ever see the old movies where there's uh, guys in chain gangs, they're chained together, they're criminals, have done something wrong, and they're out working together? We're, that's what sin does to us. It puts us in shackles and it, and it puts us in bondage. That's what it's done. It's put us in a prison. The law points to our guilt. But in Christ Jesus, the Bible says we're set free. We find the law of, uh, we're set free from the law of sin and death. The Lord sets us free. It's like, a, it's like the Lord Jesus comes to us with that key to unlock the shackle that has kept us chained and we can be set free. We are removed from that prison cell of sin that we've all broken. And by the way, it's all of us. All of us have the same need and we can be set free by the Lord Jesus. I am very thankful for the freedom He gives us.
in the Lord. We're freed from the power of sin. It's one of the reasons, by the way, Christian, we want to do the right thing because we've been set free from the wrong thing. And now we have this new desire to do the right thing because we recognize the bondage that sin leads us to. And when Christ sets us free in salvation, he also sets us free to grow in him and to do the right things in the future. And I'm thankful for the freedom we have in Christ. There's a third thing I'd like you to note that God did for us. The Bible says he pays your debt. He pays your debt. I like how the Bible says it here in verse 3. What the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. So just having the rules wasn't enough because we've all broken them. But God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. The Bible says it like this. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering. So the Bible is saying here we have a debt that is so big we can't hope to pay it. That's the debt of sin. It's so big we can't hope to pay it. It's not like a little credit card debt. A little credit card debt can be difficult. You know, you can pay so much interest and you get in this cycle and never get out of it. But imagine it's not just a little bit. It's not just a few hundred dollars, not a few thousand, or not just tens of thousands, not just hundreds of thousands, not just millions, not just tens of millions, but it's so overwhelming there's no hope. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't get it paid for. Our government couldn't pay for it. That's how big the debt is. But the Bible says God paid that debt on our behalf. God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And he did it by sending his son, Jesus, who lived the life we didn't live, the perfect life, and who died, therefore, the death we deserved. He took our place. He paid our debt on that cross. And by that, we find freedom. That, that cross matters. Jesus, the Bible says here, is our sin offering. He's the sin offering that God has given to us on the cross Jesus paid that debt. That was my debt. The cross was my debt. The cross was your debt. But Jesus paid that debt in your place. And just as in the Old Testament there was a sacrifice that reminded people of the consequences of sin, there's a sacrifice in our life as well in the New Testament. And that is the Lord Jesus who died in our place to pay our debt. He didn't owe the debt. But His love for you is so great that He died in your place. And this is why our faith matters so, so much to us. This is why we care so deeply, because Jesus loved us enough to pay the sacrifice that was necessary for our sins, to pay the debt that he didn't owe, to pay the debt that was too great for us to pay and to take our place on that cross. And so just write in your notes, Jesus pays your debt. God loved you so much. He sent his son Jesus to pay the debt that was yours. There's a fourth principle I'd like you to note. And that is, God changes your mindset. He changes your mindset. This is what the Lord did for us through Jesus. What we couldn't do for ourselves, He changes us from the inside out in salvation and even the way we think, even our mindset. Notice what the Bible says here, verse 5 and following. It talks about our mindset. The mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace the Bible is saying here God changes how we see our world. He's going to change three things. Would you note these three things together? He changes your perspective. He helps you to see what really matters. The mindset of the flesh says things like this. Man, you know what really matters? It matters how big my bank account. That's what matters most. All the gold in the world cannot compare to the riches God has for you. He has something so much better for you. Or the mindset of the flesh says something like this. Man, if I could just, if I could just have the um, you know, right relationships, you know, if I could, if I could have the right spouse, you know, I, I, need, I need a different spouse or I need a different 
uh, I, I need a different friend. God's got something so much deeper, relationship with him that leads, that deepens our relationship with others or pleasure or whatever the world's saying. This is what matters most. If I could get this position, if I could just, if I could have these things. And God is saying, I want to change your perspective. What is it that matters most? Maybe one of the good things that will come out of the time we're living in is God using this to help us to see what does matter most. What is it that really counts? What is it that our life is about? How should we view this world? And may I say, our culture has been viewing the world in the wrong way for a long time. We've made it about ourselves. We've made it about our pleasure. We've made it about what we want. We've forgotten about the things of God. We've lost sight of the eternal. This could be used by God to change our perspective and to help us to see what matters most, to give us what the book of James that we're working through on uh, Sunday mornings uh, most of the time now, to show us wisdom to see God's perspective on life. I want that for you. God wants that for you. It also changes, our mindset is changed in that God changes our peace. He says here that he offers us peace. Verse 6 says, now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. God wants you to have peace, and peace is not based in circumstances. You've said perhaps, I'd have peace. If I could just accomplish this, that's all I really want. You know, a lot of people have gotten what they think they want, only to find it didn't really satisfy. There's always something more. Peace is not dependent upon circumstances. We live in a stressful time, but God offers peace, and it's not based on the circumstances around us, but based on the mindset that God gives us on the inside as we see the world as He sees it. He changes our perspective, He changes our peace, and He changes our purpose. Notice he wants us to see that our responsibility, notice verse 7 says, the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God. And then the Bible says, those in the flesh, verse 8, cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. The Bible is saying God made you for a purpose and he made you to glorify him. And our lives can be lived to glorify God. So the Bible is saying we don't live just for ourselves. What's in it for me? Not just what do I want or not just what do I get, but to recognize that we're here for a bigger purpose. God wants us to love Him and glorify Him. He wants us to serve others, not just to be served, but to serve as Jesus came into this world, to serve others, to love others, to think of others and not just ourselves. Perhaps God would use this moment in your life to remind you that He, he wants to change the way you think. He wants to change the way you see this world. He wants to change your perspective. He wants to give you peace, not just circumstances. He wants you to see your purpose in life. God will use this in your life for good. And there are a lot of, you know, a lot of bad things will come in, this, in these days, hard things, difficult times, but God will use, He'll bring good things in these days as well. And He'll bring to your life a new purpose. God could bring a great spiritual awakening in your life during these days. These could be days when you experience God's presence is never before. I'd really experienced revival in your life. He changes your mindset. But there's a fifth thing. If you're taking notes, I'd like you to write down this fifth principle. I said it's five things God did for you through Jesus. Number five, He gives you life. He gives you life. Verse 10 and 11 tell us this. The body is dead because of sin. The Bible's very honest about life and death. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. But the Bible tells us the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Now here's what the Bible is saying. God is going to give, He gives us life in two ways. First, He gives us eternal life. Just as He says in verse 11, 
the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. I'll just give you a little spoiler alert. Next week will be Easter. And I want you to note something. Jesus not only died, but Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive. He's alive. And he offers eternal life to you. He made you for something more than just this world and just this lifetime. And if you'll trust Christ as Savior, the Bible says God will give you a home in heaven. He'll adopt you into his family and he'll give you everlasting life. That's what God wants for you. And you can be saved and you can have that as your future. And in a moment, some of you, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, you will pray this day and give your life to Christ. And he wants to give you abundant life. It's not just about life one day, though that's awesome, but it's about life in this day. God will give you a life worth living. He wants to make a difference in your life right here and now. He wants you to find the joy that comes from the Lord, not from circumstances, not from the culture, not from seeking uh, what you want for yourself, but seeking His will and His purpose. And God will give you joy and peace and hope. Did you know you can have hope in this world and hope beyond for eternity? And God wants to give your life meaning. He wants you to have an abundant life. God will use you to make a difference in this world. Maybe God has placed you in this world for more than just yourself. And maybe God in heaven wants to use you to make a difference in this world. And maybe God would use you in this time, you know, in this moment, in this time of need, God has placed you here for a reason and God can use you to make a difference in this world for him. You can have the abundant life that he wants you to have. I want you to learn more about that. Don't waste these difficult days. Learn from them all God wants you to learn about the kind of life that he has for you and why he has you here and how God can make a difference in your life here and now and for eternity itself. Now, some of you are listening here and you've, you've never given your life to Christ as Savior and Lord. And today I'm going to ask you to be saved. I'm, I'm saying the Bible says you need something more than trying harder. You need something more than some religious expressions. You need something more than being better than other people. You need what only the Lord can do for you. We've all sinned against God. We all need Him and only God can save us. Today, would you repent of your sins and give your life to Christ? Would you trust Jesus who died for you and rose from the grave for you and receive Him as Savior? You could pray a prayer like this. It has to come from your heart to the heart of God. But right where you are, you could pray a prayer like this. Dear Lord Jesus, just say that to Him. God, I know I've sinned against you. And I know I need you. But I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose from the grave for me. And so this day, I want to turn from myself and my sin. And I want to give my life to you. And I want to follow you and trust you and live for you. And God will save you. Christian, I want to ask you to grow in your faith. Use these days as an opportunity to deepen your faith, to learn, the, learn more about the abundant life that God wants for you. Christ died for you. That's how much he loves you. Now, will you live a life for him that will glorify his name, make a difference for him, use your talents and abilities and gifts and opportunities to make a difference for him? And God will use you, and God will work in you, and God will work through you to accomplish his purposes. What a great privilege. Let's pray together now. Let's thank the Lord for what he did on that cross and what it means to us. I want to thank him as you, as you join me for what God did. Lord, thank you that you did for us what we could not do for ourselves. You love us. You care about us. Even in the brokenness of our world, even in the brokenness of sin itself, you love us. You care about us. There is good news in our broken world. We thank you for that. We thank you that because of what Jesus did on the cross, the life he lived, the perfect life, the death he 
died, the death we deserve, the resurrection, doing what we could not do. We thank you that because of that, we can have new life in you. And I'm praying for those who just, just today gave their life to you. Would you help them to grow in their faith, to follow you, to let other people know about that new faith, to get active and growing spiritually, to follow you openly and unashamedly. And Father, I'm praying for Christians to find in these days abundant life, to remember how much you love them, demonstrating that on the cross of Calvary and how much purpose they have, how you can make a difference in them and how you can make a difference through them. Use us to make a difference for your glory. We thank you for your deep love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me. Next week will be Easter Sunday. It'll be a special, special day. Hope you can join us. God bless you. Serve the Lord faithfully.